Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. If your character just wants to be happy, you have to ask, how does that happiness manifest in the world of the real so that it becomes something tangible the reader can perceive? Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach, and each week we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. How do you come up with a plot for your novel or short story? Now, many writers think that the plot needs to be something epic and complex. So they chart out every single plot point and plot beat and pinch point, etc. They totally overthink it. They put too much pressure on getting their plot as this blueprint for the story. And often, the result is a narrative that's overly complicated, confusing, and disengaging. It throws the reader out of the story. But a plot does not have to be complicated or overthought. It can be elegant, simple, and still be complex, dramatic, and compelling. In this episode, I'll simplify plot for you. I'll give you four core elements that make up a plot. We'll talk about what plot is and the ways writers go wrong with plot. So before we dive in, let's talk about what plot is and how it differs from structure, because often writers conflate the two. Plot and structure are two different things. Plot demonstrates the development of an action involving the characters. The action illustrates a basic idea or premise. It's the central concept that involves a character with a goal or motivation, the obstacles he or she faces in reaching the goal, and the consequences that arise as a result. So you can think of starting your plot with a premise. The premise involves a main character with a desire, encountering obstacles, and a resulting outcome. So your plot simultaneously traces the development of the story's meaning along with the storyline. It produces a unified effect. 
Structure is how those events are laid out for the reader. It's not the sequential order necessarily. Some stories start at the end of the chronological story, or they start at a particular significant moment and then backtrack to something that happened earlier. So plot is what happens, and it involves several elements. It's the main storyline, the main action. It's not backstory or flashback. It's the main action. Structure is the way the plot is laid out sequentially for the reader. Now, I'm not going to go into structure in this episode, but I will simplify plot for you by breaking down four core elements. But before we get to that, here are five common ways writers go wrong with their plots. Number one, it's overcomplicated. A lot of writers think they have to create this convoluted or excessively complex plot in order for it to be interesting to engage the reader. But when this happens, the readers become confused and overwhelmed, and it throws them out of the story. Mistake number two is a lack of meaningful conflict. So the writer doesn't introduce or sustain meaningful conflict. And without conflict, the story lacks the tension that keeps readers fully engaged. Number three, it's too predictable. This happens when you follow cliched or off-the-shelf plot lines. And when you do that, the readers can lose interest because they anticipate every twist and turn. Mistake number four is unmotivated characters. So characters act without clear motives, and that leads to actions that feel contrived or unconvincing. And mistake number five, unearned resolutions. Conflicts are resolved too easily or without buildup. This is dissatisfying to read because the resolutions lack emotional or any logical weight. So now that we know the difference between plot and structure and the ways that stories go awry with plot, here are four core elements to simplify the construction of plot. Element number one, the main story goal. This is what your character wants to achieve by the end of the story. And this always starts with a desire. The desire may be abstract. Let's say the character wants happiness or wants true love. Maybe she just wants to make peace with the past. The protagonist might want to avoid something or stop something, but the desire, the want, will manifest in something concrete. Now, not all characters come into a story with a clear goal. For example, I was watching the movie The Impossible last night based on the real-life experience of a family that survived the 2004 tsunami in Thailand. Now, the family doesn't come into the story with any burning goal other than wanting a beautiful, 
Christmas vacation on this resort. And the first several minutes of the film show how idyllic the vacation resort is. It introduces us to the family. We learn that Maria, the mom, is a doctor, although not practicing at this point. She's raising three boys. We also learn about the three boys, in particular, the oldest boy, Lucas. And we see how close and happy this family is. And then right at the 15-minute mark, after setting up the relationships, establishing how happy and close they are, and the different personalities between the three brothers, the tsunami hits. This is the inciting incident that gives rise to the character's desires to survive and ultimately be reunited as a family. So your protagonist's desire might be to avoid something or to keep the status quo, but something happens by the end of Act 1 that ignites your character into action. They have no choice but to act. The desire becomes a concrete goal, and in this case, the goal is, number one, to stay alive, to survive not just the initial disaster, but to survive the aftermath. So Maria thinks that her husband and two younger sons have perished, but she manages to find her oldest son, Lucas, in the swirling waters. And her goal is first to survive the tsunami and then later to stay alive so that her son isn't all alone in the world. Because at this point, she believes her husband and two younger sons have not survived the tsunami. The inciting incident, of course, is the tsunami. It's beyond their control. And this gives rise to a concrete and urgent goal. The goal makes the desire tangible and measurable. The reader needs something concrete and measurable so that they know whether your character achieves it or not by the end of the story. And that will keep them invested in the story and invested in your character's plight. So if your character just wants to be happy, you have to ask, how does that happiness manifest in the world of the real so that it becomes something tangible, the reader can perceive. Now, the desire does not need to be grand. It doesn't have to be as intense as surviving a tsunami. It's your protagonist's passionate relationship with the desire that matters. Sometimes a character wants to avoid something or keep the status quo. Something happens that throws your character off balance this inciting incident, and his or her desire is to then restore equilibrium. So it must matter deeply to your character. But you'll still want to bring that desire into the world of the real. It doesn't have to be life or death, but it should feel like a matter of life or death to your character. Whatever the want, it should matter intensely to your protagonist. So number one, the main story goal. 
what does your character want to get by the end of the story? Okay, on to element number two, opposition. In every compelling story, there are antagonistic forces. This could be a person or a group of people. It could be a system or corporation. It could be a natural disaster. It could be a combination of opposing forces, but something has to be in the way of the main story goal. It can't just be a minor annoyance or another character's bad habits or personality traits. That is not conflict. It's not meaningful conflict. It has to be something that obstructs, thwarts, or interferes with the main story goal. Now, not everything that gets in the way needs to be the main antagonist. It could be a matrix of opposition. It could be the character's own inner resistance. So sometimes it's more helpful to think in terms of resistance or obstacles that get in the way of the goal. And there will be more than one obstacle. Your protagonist needs to plan how to overcome or outsmart the antagonist or oppositional forces every step of the way. You never want to make it easy or even foreseeable for the character to achieve his or her goal. For example, in The Impossible, the first obstacle is the raging waters. We see Maria clinging to a branch while she's getting thrashed by rushing water and debris. She's screaming for her son Lucas. She spots him and there are more obstacles before they're able to reach each other. And once things calm down and they make their way across the ruins, we see that Maria has sustained serious injuries. Eventually, the locals lift her on a door to a hospital where other victims of the tsunami are waiting to be treated. The hospital is overcrowded, it's dirty, it's disorganized, it's chaotic. Roads have been destroyed, making it more difficult to ship medical supplies, food, and clean water to everyone who's in need. The opposing forces lead to element number three, conflict. The protagonist and antagonist want conflicting things, or the oppositional force obstructs, interferes, or keeps setting up obstacles. In this case, the raging water and the debris are the first obstacle to survival. Her injuries are another obstacle. But even when she's brought to the hospital, the conflict escalates. It's overcrowded, understaffed. Things get much worse until they get better. And we're never sure if she's going to live or die. And we see her slipping further and further towards death. So the clock is ticking. The more your protagonist wants the goal, the harder the antagonist and the struggle becomes. So the conflict will escalate, the stakes will rise, and so the protagonist will have to shift the goalpost. At first, she wants to survive the raging water. Then she wants to reach her son. 
In act two, she still wants to stay alive, but the stakes have risen. She's on the verge of death. She desperately wants to stay alive because she believes the rest of her family is dead and she doesn't want to leave her son alone, especially in this hospital, in all this chaos. Now, the conflict, the obstacles have to be relevant to the main goal, meaning they should impact what happens next. You never just want to put in filler for the sake of creating conflict. You want meaningful conflict the obstacles should be impeding the main story goal. Every scene is a reconstruction of the main goal versus the conflict. For example, when Maria first arrives to the hospital, she's put on a bed and then left to wait. Now, remember, she's a doctor. She knows she's in trouble and that she could very well die here. And she asks her son to go through the cabinets by her bedside in search of antibiotics. But they're not labeled in English, and so Lucas doesn't know what to look for. So the stakes are rising, and as the stakes rise, the opposition keeps getting in the way. In this case, the after effects of the tsunami. So your protagonist will become more and more desperate and will take bigger and bigger measures to get it because the obstacles will become bigger and bigger. It will push your main character to do things they wouldn't normally do. It instigates change. Now, midway through the story, we learn that Maria's husband, Henry, is alive and he has his two younger sons with him but he desperately wants to find Maria and Lucas. So he tries to search for her and leaves his two very young and scared children with strangers, something he wouldn't normally do. Now, they're all reunited eventually, but talk about escalating stakes. So things will escalate and reach a fever point before anything is resolved. So conflict is meaningful when it impedes the goal. It leads to progressive complications. And that leads me to core plot element number four, consequences. Every action in your story has a consequence. For example, when Maria is at the pool with her family at the beginning of the story, the family's in the water, father and three sons, and she's reading on a lounge chair. A page from her book blows away, and she goes to fetch it in front of a glass wall. What we learn later through flashback is that when the tsunami hit, she crashed through the glass, and this is what causes her near-death injuries. Consequences, cause and effect, refers to a specific and observable outcome of what happened earlier. Characters make decisions both big and small, and those decisions lead to an outcome. So think of the goal and the consequences as counteracting each other, the same way your protagonist and antagonist counteract one another. If Maria dies, Lucas will be alone in the hospital. 
In fact, there's a point when they mistake his mother for someone else who's died and put Lucas in a crowded room with other orphans. And at this point, we're fearing the worst. What happens if the family never reunites? What if they never find one another? So the goal and consequence offset each other the same way the protagonist and antagonist do. If your protagonist doesn't get what he or she wants at the end of every scene, what will happen to him or her? What are the consequences? What if your character doesn't reach the main story goal? What are the consequences? What are the stakes? What do your characters stand to lose? What hangs in the balance? So there's a logical relationship that connects the goal with consequence. If the goal isn't met, the consequence arises. Or if the consequences persist, the goal will fail. Okay, we've covered a lot, so let's recap. We talked about the five most common mistakes writers make with plot. Number one, an overcomplicated plot. Number two, a lack of meaningful and sustained conflict. Number three, predictability. Number four, characters acting without clear motives. And number five, resolving conflicts too easily or without buildup. We talked about plot being the series of events that simultaneously traces the development of the story's meaning along with the storyline, so it creates a unified effect. The four core plot elements are, number one, the main story goal. Desire should manifest in something concrete and measurable. Number two, opposition. Number three, conflict. And number four, consequences. I hope this helps simplify plot for you. I don't recommend getting bogged down with plot beats and pinch points and all of that. That can lead to a very predictable paint-by-numbers story. And when you overcomplicate your plot, you tend to throw in a lot of unnecessary details and ingredients that muddle it up for your reader. These four elements can help you build an elegant plot and leave plenty of room for complexity, complication, and depth. So there you have it. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you know any writers who need some support in their writing, please share this episode or the Writer Unleashed podcast in general. And if you love what you're listening to, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and please leave me a review. Reading how this podcast impacts your writing truly lights me up and helps me create topics for the show. Till next time, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.